Welcome to The Ether. Today is Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. This episode of The Ether is also brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Visit OC's What We Do page using the link in the show notes to take advantage of some of their other educational resources, including weekly meetups to discuss Terra protocols, strategies, and concepts, the Terra Luna Intel report on Telegram, and YouTube explainer videos on Terra concepts. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or redelegating your Luna. Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, we have the Osmosis updates from the lab space. Let's take a listen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the new time for updates from the lab. Going to start doing them now at 1 p.m. Eastern, so Sunny doesn't have to roll out of bed at seven o'clock this is so amazing <laughs> um it, i think we're gonna have the marketing team from fetch come up at some point um and worker b and water spinner from our admin staff hey guys how's it going how you doing doing great doing great just wanted to say uh good morning good evening and afternoon to everyone here uh you know everyone's tuning in from different spaces and um just super excited to talk about everything that we got coming up. Yeah, Sonny, you want to lead the way with some osmosis updates? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, cool. So, um, let's see. What are some updates? Uh, you know, really sort of grinding away on Superfluid still. Um, you know, we came up with a timeline of things of how to, how our road plan is to get it all working by uh, February 28th, and it's looking plausible. Um, you know, we had to basically make a couple of, um, sort of adjustments to like what's in scope for this MVP, uh, in order to like fit the timeline, but also just to like, you know, have it, you know, simplify it, like test fewer things at once. So, um, you know, Stevie, uh, and I have been putting together a, you know, a post that will come up pretty soon kind of explaining, you know, what to expect, uh, in Superfluid when, uh, it launches, but uh, we'll, 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 I can share a little bit about it right now. You know, some of, you know, some of the main things that people should be aware of about, you know, some of the restrictions that will be in place um, 
one, for example, is we're going to start off with actually just uh, pool one being able to be used for superfluid. So that, that's the Atom Osmo pool. Uh, we figure that's, you know, probably the safest thing to test with just because it has the, you know, highest amount of liquidity already. And so it's like the least uh, gameable. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the hardest to manipulate and it will like give us an opportunity to test Superfluid before we then start to expand it to be able to be used with more pools. Um, so, yeah, so, that, so that's one piece. Um on top of that, you know, some other restrictions that we we made. Uh, one is another one that people should be sort of a little bit of aware about uh, is that when you superfluid, you're you're gonna not be able to vote. You're gonna be basically giving up your governance power. Um, well, so well, really, what will happen is you you you'll you know traditionally in governance, what happens is when you uh, inherit votes from. You know, when you delegate to a validator, you inherit their votes, except you can override their vote. Um, unfortunately, the way that it's architected right now in Superfluid, you can't actually override your validator's vote, which is why it's um, sort of more important to vote to delegate to the right validator in a way. Um, we, we, in the future, we will probably be able to add governance power to Superfluid stake as well. I uh, just said in the current architecture, it was. It, it was a little bit messy on how to do it, and so we, we you know, we want to make sure that's tested uh, more because it, it it involves like you know, Superfluid is already touching so many different modules. It's touching like the staking module, the distribution module, the lockups module, and it's like we you know we wanted to just like hey, let's rem let's remove one module that we don't have to like incorporate into this mess of like. Um, you know, free changes throughout the system to make superfluid possible. Um, what else? Uh, the other one is that per like pool, you'll only be able to superfluid delegate to one validator. So you have to choose. You know, normally when you stake, you can say like, "Oh, I want to delegate to like these five validators in this proportion or whatever." Uh, in superfluid, you know, let's say with the Adam Osmo pool, you'll have to be able, you'll have to say like, "Hey, I want all my." LP shares of this pool to be superfluid staked with um, only one validator. You can't split it up right now. And that's actually more at the UI level, I think, uh, just to make that a little bit cleaner. Um, and then I think that's the main restriction. Oh, and, and yeah, you, you can't um, re-delegate. So you can't uh, like, you know, you can't switch that validator. You have to unbond and then uh, and then bond and then like re, re superfluid stake again. So that's uh, also, you know, so, so yeah, so, you know, basically people should be aware that, you know, there are all these sort of restrictions that come via superfluid staking that, you know, are not there in normal staking. But, and over time, I think they will become, those restrictions will be removed. But so yeah, that's just some, you know, things that people should be aware of and expecting as to once the MVP of Superfluid goes live at the end of the month. I don't know, Dynamic or Stevie, are we like missing anything else there that we talked about on like restrictions on Superfluid? I don't think so. Um, sounds like all of them. But these things are going to like change in the future, right? Yeah. 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 This, this is, you know, we should, we, should, we, should, we should definitely treat the launch version of Superfluid as this like, sort of beta where you know this is 
quite possibly the biggest change in like proof of stake ever, like since the creation of proof of stake. You know, I don't think I don't know of any other chain that's ever allowed staking with multiple assets. So that's basically what we're doing here. We're allowing the staking with Osmo, but we're also allowing the staking with like LP shares. And so, uh, you know, this should be treated as a beta that like, um, you know, we're, we we want to like take it slow and like reduce complexity as much, much as possible. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so keep, keep your eyes out for the post uh, probably in the next couple of days. That will give some more information and you'll know, lay it all out. Um, I guess other thing. Oh, oh, two, oh, sorry. Two other things. Um, I know one of one of the questions that people we get we got very very often from people is, uh, do they have to unbond in order to superfluid stake? Um, if you have, if you if, if you're trying to convert stake Osmo into superfluid stake, then yes, you will have to unbond. You will have to unstake. Because you can't uh, in 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 this beta version, you can't just convert, uh, you know, staked Osmo into superfluid staked. Um, if you are in a fourteen day bond of pool one, you will be able to automatically convert that into a superfluid stake. So the UX basically of how you will superfluid stake is on the site when you go to the you know you bond your four you'll have like the list of bond lengths you do the 14 day bond and then it'll give up a second button that will say superfluid and you click that superfluid button and it'll convert that bonded uh lp positions but and turn it into uh superfluid bond uh, L, uh lp position so um yeah so basically if you're staked you will have to unstake to be able to superfluid if you're 14 day bonded in pool one you'll be able to convert that automatically so cool. i think yeah that's awesome. We'll get to save your hair too. Try what? We'll get to save your hair too. <laughs> yes, that's, <laughs> that's the goal. Um, I think, I, I honestly, I think it's really good that you know. I think forcing functions are usually a really good way to making sure that releases happen on a timely basis. So while while it is a little bit stressful, I think it definitely helps. You know, m encourage and push us to make sure that we're able to launch this thing on uh, in timely manner. Um, yeah, okay, so that I think that, you know, so that's sort of been superfluid has been like the main focus of the team for the last like week or two, uh, just like you know, making sure we get it uh launched on time. Um, you know, I guess some other things, maybe you know, talk some other things that are worth mentioning. Let me see, I'm me through my notes. Uh, doo -doo -doo. You know, a lot, a lot of uh, things, especially with you know the the data stuff is coming along um, pretty well. Um, we should get some folks on from Imperator at some point to sort of talk through like how that how that's coming along. Um, yeah, they got a pretty snazzy dashboard coming, don't they? Yeah, they have a really cool dashboard that like it'll allow you to like track your you know accumulated swap fees and your IL over time and you know the your total positions like you know across the different lp shares um so what your like exposure is um yeah so yeah a lot a lot, a lot of cool data and stuff that you'll be able to do via the new dashboard yeah honestly i think that's sort of that's sort of it right that we have right now i think that's you know we, we basically most of the team has been pretty laser focused on super, on working on superfluid this week yeah but we got some 
new listings and a bunch of PRs ready to mm-hmm. run. Uh, Fetch being one of them, we invited uh, the marketing team RV and Atari. Thanks for coming. Yeah, uh, great to be here. Hey, everyone. Great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. Um, you guys want to tell us a little bit about Fetch? I know you guys joined the Cosmos a while back, but you're just now getting IBC connected. And um, Yeah, no, sure, absolutely. Um, for those who actually are probably just hearing about Fetch the first time, um, we were founded back in 2017 and um, launched via IEO and on Binance, um, I think sometime in March 2019. Um, there's a complicated version to explain Fetch, but um, I want to keep it quite simple. So the easiest way to maybe say that would be um, we're offering, let's say, individualized AI experiences for everyone. And um, the way we go about doing that is uh, what we call autonomous economic agents or basically also now known as um, digital twins, which is not to really confuse anyone because the concept has changed over time um, as we kind of try to figure out um, what's the best way to appeal to the lowest common denominator out there. Um, and, you know, sometimes the wordings obviously change, but at the end of the day, the sum and substance of what these agents do still remains the same. Um, so it's built upon what we have an abstract um, branch of artificial intelligence called multi-agent system. And basically what you can do with them is you can um, assign them to a very complex ecosystem with a certain set of rules and assign them to, you know, go and do certain things and it'll exactly do that. So it could be something as mundane as measuring the temperature at one location uh, to something as complex as helping you find a parking spot. Um, obviously, um, since over the past few years, we've you know made a lot of progress in terms of uh, migrating from Ethereum to to Cosmos, which we launched on Mainnet, I think um, last year in March um, again. And we're huge fans of the Cosmos ecosystem. I'm sure Atari will have a lot to say about that in a bit. Um, and we basically rolled out IBC last last week. If I'm not mistaken again, um, was an overwhelming response from our community with a lot of people supporting it. And we're excited to be a part of the IBC ecosystem finally now. So um, we can, you know, pretty much use the hashtag IBC gang everywhere if you want. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but now we're just looking forward to being on Osmosis. Um, a lot of our community is also asking about that. And we can't wait to get started. So, yeah, that's basically Fetch um, in a nutshell. Nice. We're going to be out of your big fan of Fetch. Yeah, I've been uh, following you guys pretty much since I got into crypto. Uh, that's an excellent explanation you did. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hey, guys, for a, a fetch question, um, I was looking a little more and saw stuff about the Capricorn upgrade um, enabling Cosmwasm uh, stuff going on. Is there any more light you guys can shed on that? Uh I would say for Cosmwasm, with the 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 integration of um, the VM is predominantly being used uh, to finally allow uh, permissionless applications to be built on the Fetch AI chain. 
Uh, and that's kind of always been the goal. 2021 was kind of about building the framework that developers would be required to have in order to build. And 2022 for us is all about trying to get developers to build on the chain. So that's why we decided to go with uh, with the Cosmosm um, like VM because it just made the most sense, uh, especially being that we're already in Cosmos and um, you know in the ecosystem they. Uh, like they basically are are doing it like as as some of the best like at this point so yeah it's all about trying to get uh developers in the ecosystem to come and try and build applications on fetch yeah that's pretty awesome um especially with you know talking about the virtual agents and everything that that has to offer um you know possibly being able to incorporate that into you know, how even how users interact with osmosis and possibly making, you know, claiming rewards and stuff like that more of a uh, more of a fluid, easier um, function, you know, things like that just sound like this is going to really take off and, uh, you know, really make everything a nice, you know, a nice seamless transaction. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the goal in in all honesty is to have things become as seamless as possible. And the beautiful thing about uh, the digital twins um, or the AEAs is that they do constantly learn. So the the nice thing about it is they can continuously get better at their jobs and do specific tasks uh, and be put into different sectors to do different tasks. So if somebody wanted to make, uh, for example, an, an application, they would be able to, you know, go to multiple different chains and like compound their rewards or other things like that. It would be something that would be possible now that like IBC um, is going to be part of the chain. And so it, it opens a lot of doors for a lot of different developers to do a lot of things with um, artificial intelligence that they maybe previously couldn't because of all the silos in place where either you have to pay, you know, X thousands of dollars to be able to even get your hands on the software that's available. Um, whereas now it's accessible to pretty much anybody who knows how to use it. So, yeah, and we're also working on improving the documentation significantly. That's another huge goal um, is to improve the documentation to the point where we can get uh, you know, people out there using these applications uh, that are being developed and have very little borders for people to have to, you know, get stuck in. And so, yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. So do you guys foresee like being able to send the agents over to Osmosis and then that way I can, you know, interact with the pools and stuff using your agents? Or is it going to be in the reverse where we need to take funding over to you guys? Um. It's, I guess, like, without without saying, uh, like, actually, maybe I'll, I'll let RB uh, take this one. Um, the, I mean, so that's the short answer, I would say it is possible. Um, we do, as a matter of fact, um, have had a very, um, quite a proactive discussion, I would say, actually, on the subreddit for Osmosis itself. And um, thank you also asked quite a lot of questions there, um, B. And we remember saying that we have, a management um, uh, DeFi liquidity management tool that's very specifically geared towards. Um, currently, we are on Uniswap and PancakeSwap, but it is possible to bring it to Osmosis. But that would require us to change the tool from, you know, up and um, pretty much from from scratch. Um, and you know, there is obviously a lot of room for functionalities for the agents on Dex, 
um, we just kind of, I think, from our end, need to sort of sit down and look at the um, development timeline that would require us to bring those functionalities with the agents to your decks. And um, we are aware of the fact that it's, it's, it could be sort of trailblazing in the sense that, you know, it would be the first of its kind in Cosmos. And we're really sort of, um, I think, looking to get that done. Um, but still, at the end of the day, we probably need to be aware of how much or what kind of functionalities we can think about um, and how many iterations for the agents to be involved in. So, you know, long story short would be we're having this conversation in the background and uh, we're hoping to, you know, bring some updates at some point. Cool. Yeah, so it's basically just kind of like, you know, you guys are here now, you got to start implementing stuff to use now. And then there's this like overall picture where, you know, one day you can work towards that goal. Yeah. And um, the, the, one of the biggest things too, is that uh, we're always looking, like always looking for suggestions and stuff for future product releases and things like that as well. So as RV was uh, speaking about with the, us currently having bot swap, which is the name of the application that currently uses the agents to like do liquidity management in uh, other decentralized exchanges that we want to bring uh, to osmosis. We are 100% open to ideas of what you like what anybody here wants to see like, um, you know, done autonomously, without you having to handle it, like any suggestions that people like have, you can always, you know, tweet stuff at us. You can go to our, um, you know, r slash uh, fetch AI community and go and check that out and send us any recommendations that you have uh, because we're a hundred percent down to have like suggestions from the community of what you guys would want a tool like that to be able to do in osmosis or elsewhere that you want to see in the cosmos ecosystem. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I know, you know, off the top of my head, a real basic one is just, uh, I don't know, having a hundred dollars worth of funds and buying a certain coin when it's low and selling when it gets high, even just that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, which is uh, which is great because we pretty much have that feature rolled out um, on uh, other DEXs as it is. So that type of thing is is definitely something we can consider when it comes to coming over to Osmosis. As RV had said, the process can be um, a little bit long just because for every single chain that it needs to be built on, it needs to have uh, a bunch of changes made to it and updates made to it if it's going to happen. So. It is definitely one of the things we're highly considering, and yeah, um, we're we're looking forward to it basically to be able to get involved with the uh, with the Osmosis community on that. I'm excited. Awesome. Yeah, welcome to the IDC gang. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we had a, I guess, a couple other speakers' questions. Um, Chloe, you were up here pretty quickly. Hey. Hey, good evening or good morning, or wherever you are. Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, I was there very quickly. Um, I, I got the time stated, so I was uh, immediately joined the club. Uh, well, uh, not a really specific question. I think I was in the space uh, last time, and I asked something about the liquid uh, order, liquid staking. Super uh, fluid. 
And then I, I watched, uh, I dig a little bit uh, more, so I learned uh, uh, more about it. And I just want to say, good job with the meme. It was so cute. It was, uh, it was fun. I loved it. So uh, I think uh, the fun part is important too. We, uh, we want to be entertaining, educated, have some fun, learn stuff, but also, you know, laugh a little bit. I think that's important. Just want to uh, say thank you. Cool. Thank you so much. Um, Mad Tomic, you're up next. Oh, thank you for uh, having me on and speak, um, Eddie and um, Sunny. Uh, my question is for Sunny. Uh, have you looked into the, which uh, hair salon you're going to go to and get your hair cut? Just, you know, wondering. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think I'm just going to do it at home, probably, right? <laughs> I mean, I'll... So, so, so here's the thing. Before I realized, I actually already shaved my head last year. Um, right at the beginning of COVID, because I was curious to see what it would look like. And I was like, let me do it when no one will see me. So what, during, what, right when lockdowns began, um, I learned I don't like it. So that is more incentive for me to not do it. But yeah, l- last time I did it, it was my sister just did it for me at home. So uh, I don't know. We'll probably just do that again. Or, and maybe live stream it or something. I don't know. I, 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 you know, what am I talking about? The goal is obviously we're not, that's not going to happen. So this is, this is a moot point. <laughs> actually uh, sorry to interrupt you i have done this myself during covid uh mm-hmm. you can what you can do <laughs> you can actually go to youtube where you can find the videos so you just do exactly what they do actually the result is awesome i mean i'm a i'm a woman i'm a i'm a i'm a, I'm a lady okay i'm a woman and then i just imagine me there to cut it my my own hair how how much courage they have that uh, they needed to do to be down. Uh, so give a try. I think you can be uh, surprising with the result. Thank you. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you for that. Um, well, my wife does my uh, hair sometimes, and then she buzz cut me. So, <laughs> but uh, I hope uh, it rolls out, like you said. You know, but uh, keep up the good work, um, Sunny and Eddie, and and uh, thank you for having me speak. Thanks. Atari, are you up next? Oh no, wait. So you're from Fetch. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, wait. Uh, who who is up next? Uh, maybe finance. Hey everyone. Um, I can go if that's okay. Yeah. Sure. Thanks. Hey Sunny. Um, my I my question is a bit more of a feature request. So currently, when I provide uh liquidity in the pools. Sometimes I want to unbond just a portion of it, but there's currently no way to do that. I always have to unbond all. And so I'm wondering, is there a future where we'll be able to say, unbond 25% of what I'm providing? Yes, this is a feature that time related things. Um, hope, I think that, yeah, I, th- I think um, what our plan is, um, so we're kind of like coming up with like a roadmap right now of post superfluid because like basically what happened was like in Lisbon when our team had a retreat there, uh, we kind of came up with a roadmap for the next three to four months, and you know definitely superfluid was a big priority of that. Um, I think we're coming up with like a plan for like what to do next, and um, I think our focus. I think we're gonna try to spend like a month or two at least like 
to like just iron out a lot of these like tiny, you know, death by a thousand paper cut UX issues that like before we start on another big new feature. Um, the next big feature will probably be the stable swap stuff. So that will probably be like what we're going to work on as well. But like, yeah, you know, fixing like the fact that you can't, you know, it it's literally like it, it should probably take like a day or two to fix this, but like making it like to fix and like test it. But yeah, making it so you can unbond partial positions and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, um, kill your, yes, we're, uh, these are things that, you know, sh we'll hopefully fix within the next month or two. Awesome. Thanks so much. Hello. Um, Sunny, I saw you in Lisbon. Your hair looked fine. <laughs> so just ignore whatever they're telling you. You don't need a haircut. <laughs> um, yeah, so so my question is, and look, I've asked this in a couple of places with, with the IBC gang, um, you know, fungibility with ERC-20s, and I was just on the Cosmosm call as well. I've, I've been, you know, obviously you've liked a lot of tweets, you've put some comments, et cetera, out on Twitter and, and the rest of it. I just want to try and get a good understanding of what your plan is for the, the necessity for fungibility for ERC-20s that we bring on or other network tokens that, that are getting brought on to Cosmos. You know, you've got poke it up bridge you got you got some other stuff coming on how are you, what's what's the plan of action there yeah um oh yeah i guess i mean that's the other thing we should have i should also update on that is the bridge stuff um so so ndg you should check out uh, on the osmosis medium uh there's there's a post that we put out sort of like laying out how we think about um you know bridges and like getting you know we should Basically, Osmosis governance should have to vote on a bridge to use as the uh, primary service provider for each chain. So, starting with like ETH, Ethereum, we, we, you know, we'll vote on a couple of different bridges. We'll, we'll vote on like this. So, basically, what we did was our team sent out a RFP request for a proposal um, to a bunch of the bridge providers who expressed interest. Um, so that includes, uh, you know. Gravity, Axelar, Wormhole, Sift Chain, and Nomad. Um, basically, these these uh, uh, teams like all sort of express interest in being the being a, a bridge provider. And so uh, we 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 sent them like a questionnaire, basically where they can share information about like all sorts of things, including you know you know how there's how decentralized they are, what their roadmaps are, what their team teams are what their incentive systems are like so so and basically you know they have until the end of this week to uh re return you know return that and then we'll basically publish that publish those and like curate them a little bit basically like and then i think what we'll do is then next week uh we should probably do some sort of uh community town hall where people can you know after having a chance to have read it, uh, people will get like rep. We'll try to get representatives of each of these bridges on, um, and then you know have like some sort of public AMA where uh, the community, Osmosis community, can ask questions of each of these um, bridge providers, and then after that, then we'll we'll do some sort of on-chain governance vote to select which provider we use as the uh, primary Ethereum bridge provider. And then so like looking forward, you know, like trying to go ahead like a year's time. So with different networks, are you always going to have the policy of putting out an RFP and then selecting 
one bridge from the multiple bridge offers you've got. Like for example, if you want to if you want to go and connect on Polkadot, you're only going to say, okay, well look, we'll pick one bridge and that'll be it. For the time being, yes. I think a year out, we will hopefully have like systems like token fungibility groups, as I think the term that Sipchain uses. But yeah, but like some way of like allowing like some sort of like stable swap that allows you to use like different versions of an asset from different bridges and still be able to make them all like sort of fungible with each other. But, you know, it's just not the highest priority for us right now. I think there's much bigger level levers to pull. And so, yeah, for the foreseeable future, like I can, I think that that that's sort of what we would do. Um, it doesn't have to be for like every chain necessarily, right? We can be like, okay, this will be the bridge provider for EVM chains, or this will be the bridge provider for like, but you know, yeah, like, you know, let's say when it comes time to do Solana, right? Then it'll be like, okay, yeah, we will probably just have a new uh, RFP for like the Solana bridge provider, the new RFP for like the substrate bridge provider. Um, so, yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. I was trying to get Mad Tomic back up here. He uh, said he had a, an answer from Mary on the feature request. The one thing with the Ethereum and EVM, though, for the bridge providers is some of the bridge providers right now, they only support Ethereum. Uh, while I think, you know, ideally what we would want is a bridge provider that can do both Ethereum and any EVM chain rather than like just Ethereum. So that, you know, I think that's something to definitely look look for when, you know, deciding this uh bridge provider like for for ethereum like who, who's uh future proofed to work with any evm chain are you giving a subtle suggestion that you're interested in the omni evm project that sif chain has i i think that the you know i, I think we should evaluate all, all all the options yeah i was thinking maybe we could do actually like a youtube video and maybe kind of go over it and yeah kind of in depth with the community just to get the education out there about all the different mm-hmm. you know capabilities of the bridges yeah I mean, I, mean, I mean look to be completely honest i'm not the biggest fan of using the sip chain bridge just because you know we I, I think we've been pretty clear in our in our you know uh you know view that like i think that it doesn't osmosis does not want to use a bridge that's controlled and owned by a competing dex right that like that that is sort of was one of the main reasons that you know we we didn't want to use the gravity bridge when it was on the cosmos hub because of the whole gravity deck uh situation um so yeah i think you know i think a similar thing would apply where it's like you know we we don't want to use a bridge that's you know designed to funnel liquidity in in like volume into sift chain instead of osmosis we want to use a a neutral bridge so yeah uh kevin well, good afternoon. How's it going? Good. Welcome back up. Uh, it's up, Kevin. Hey, hey, worker. Um, so, Sonny, I, or I guess, I mean, this this is to anybody, but I, I feel like you could speak to this, Sonny. Can we get a ranked choice voting system, or is that a pipe dream? Um, 
it's not a pipe dream. It's like, but it would require, you know, new code in the Cosmos SDK, which I don't think we're going to have time for in order mm. to make this like bridge process work. Um, Stevie wrote up a good post uh, on Commonwealth that, like, you know, a model of doing this. And it is more like what I would call approval voting, mm-hmm. um, where Stevie's proposal was, let's, you know, let's say there's four bridge providers. Um, and, w- you know, we say, like, yes or no. Uh, it, it's like, okay, do we want Axelar to be the bridge provider? Yes or no. Do we want Gravity Bridge to be the bridge provider? Yes or no. Do we want Subchain to be the bridge provider? Yes or no. Um, and we, like, you know, people can vote which ones they approve on and Mm -hmm. then you know what you can do is whichever one has the highest portion of yes but i think what you also want to do is have like some sort of runoff system Mm -hmm. where it's like hey if the if two of them are within like you know let's say 20 15 of each other then we make a second proposal where it's like oh you know ignore the uh you, you know, you just put the top two in heads up, heads up, like first past the post against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably, you know, it's kind of messy because it will be using up like, you know, five or six proposals just to make this process happen. But yeah, I think yeah. it's probably the best we can do right now with the limitations of the governance module, which is literally yes or no voting only. Right. Yeah, I saw Stevie's model and i i do think i agree with you i think it's the it's the most uh i guess expedient solution you know without having to go back and i, I don't even know all the steps of it that would it would be entailed and to, to amend the whole cosmos sdk for this but um but really just in the spirit of ntg's question earlier and i think just looking at this as a a multipolar ecosystem where we're looking at other situations where where, where we'll be evaluating you know a, a group of vendors it just does seem like it it could help um down the road you know smooth out the governance process make voters feel like they're a bit more dialed in and it feels yeah. a bit more, more more equitable for for the uh, the vendors that are getting involved, and they're not just going to, you know, get kind of sideswiped or what have you. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I totally agree. I think having, um, yeah, getting some sort of ranked choice voting into the SDK should definitely be a, you know, we should work with the SDK dev teams to like prioritize that. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Will, did you have a question? Hey guys, um, back on Mary's question, I was just going to chime in. There is actually an additional issue, which I mentioned before on the unbonding, just where if you click unbond all, um, oftentimes I notice it seems to take some like random percentage of my gam and unbond it. Maybe that's in pools where people have a position past a certain percentage of the pool. But I've, and I've had other people reach out to me and say, you know, hey, I unbonded. And then I realized after the 14 day window was up that mm-hmm. actually I clicked on bond all, but it only unbonded a portion. Um, so yeah. I was just going to throw that out there. And, and the one other question I'll put out just um, while I'm on the mic is Is this the new weekly call time? Uh, so for the it second is. one, 
I would hope ideally, yes. Uh, this makes it a lot easier for me because I'm often on the West Coast. And um, yeah, but so for the first question, uh, okay, so yeah, so here, okay, yes, I, that will actually be fixed in this upgrade that's going to happen like in next week. Um, so the reason that it does that is if people remember early on in osmosis, um, the when people were bonding tokens, the gas usage per token would get higher and higher and higher. And that's when like the please use 6 million gas meme started. Um, and that was caused by a bug where the more times that people locked tokens, it was like, lin it took, lin it was doing like linear comp computation over um, the number of locks. And so the more locks that there were at like exactly seven day, like Mark, it took, a, it took like, you know, longer and longer and the gas usage kept going up due to weird issues of how the, you know, the IAVL tree works in the Cosmos SDK. Um, we have since fixed that bug, but at the time our hacky solution was we made it so the front end would add a random jitter to everyone's when, when you did it, when you said you want to do a seven day lock it would actually add a little bit of a random jitter so it'll be like oh okay you're, you're going to do a seven day and three second lock okay you're going to now you're going to do a seven day and five second lock and not, now you're going to do a seven day and like 11 second lock and just add this like random jitter to it so that way it like instead of being you know yeah that, that, that made it so the gas usage uh didn't blow up so quickly and so that's why when you do unbond all i think it takes the closest one it, it, it you know you have to do unbond all multiple times to get all the jitter lengths um that's gonna be that you know the actual underlying issue had been fixed a long time ago uh we just actually in this upgrade we are going to go through and take everyone's like jittery locks and we're going to combine them all into like one lock again so that 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 bug should be fixed in this coming upgrade that's a much more exciting story than i had realized that's a lot of fun <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks for sharing how that came about yeah Matt tomic did you want to touch on something from earlier uh yes uh i uh thank you for having me back on um mary brought up the unbounding like a uh, percentage right now osmos is only offered a hundred percent so the, if you use a uh, customer station um i don't know if, well, i think most of you have heard of it uh you can actually do the uh the DeFi lab in the app itself and then go to earnings and you guys you go in there and individually unbound your each position that you have in each lp that you have so i just want to share that with everybody sweet thanks Oh, oh yeah, another cool, cool tool that I think worth bringing to people's attention is um, someone built this app, a site called Dexmos.app, D-E-X-M-O-S dot app. Uh, so, you know, I know one thing that, you know, has been an issue for a little while is that the Osmosis front end does not show external APRs correctly. It, you know, it, it will show the uh aprs from like osmo re rewards but it doesn't show them for um you know external incentives and this has been like you know a big issue for a lot of people and you know it's just because of the way our front end was architected it's going through the refactor right now and uh after this refactor it will uh be fixed but 
until then, you know, you can use Dexmos.app and it will show, it'll, it'll calculate both internal and external APRs. So that's a, you know, nice, useful tool for people. Financier? All right, appreciate it. Uh, I've got a question for Sonny. I want to know his thoughts on this golden staking tweet. Is that all right? Was it the one about not we have to be start being more selective on which pools we incentivize? Yep, yep, that's one. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that, like, you know, um, going forward, I think we do have Osmosis governance does have to be a lot more selective on which pools it it incentivizes, um, just because you know we're gonna see like a sun. We're going to see a huge explosion of tokens, I think, in the next couple coming weeks to months, especially with, like, you know, the ability to create, like, CW20 tokens on, like, chains like uh, Juno and stuff. Or, like, even once we bring over, like, ERC20 tokens from Ethereum, it would be kind of crazy for us to try to add incentives to every possible ERC20 that can come over. So I think... um I, I, I think that Osmosis should start to focus its incentives, its internal incentives, primarily mo- shift it more towards like incentive matching style systems. Like, you know, definitely like, you know, we should, you know, Os- Osmo incentives are going to go down no matter what, especially, you know, once the thirdening comes as well. That's going to be a, that's going to be a big hit to Osmo incentives as well. And this was always known. And part of the goal here is, you know, we want, we think that, like, you know, Osmo incentives were to bootstrap the system, but you know, at, over time, it's it's in the benefit of a project to like bring, you know, get liquidity on Osmosis. So, you know, and they should be adding their own external incentives, and that can be augmented with Osmo incentives. So that's like an example of. So I, I think that you know we should governance should only approve incentives for pools that like. Uh, have their own external incentives also being added. So I think that's one thing that we should be, that Osmosis should probably be doing. Um, and then also, you know, focusing incentives more on, you know, pools that are of strategic value to Osmosis. So I don't know, like maybe like the Osmo UST uh, pool, for example, right? That, that that has like high strategic value just because, because it acts as like, the fiat, uh, like you know, you you need a you you want to have a, a liquid pool against stable coins for like easy on off ramping and stuff. So you know, there 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 often can be pools that are, or, or like the Adam Osmo pool would be one. But actually, the Adam Osmo pool is actually currently very, in my opinion, a little bit over incentivized. Where I think like almost forty percent of all rewards are going towards that pool, which might be more than what's needed. So I. So yeah, I don't know. Basically, yes, I think that the as a whole, I'm very supportive of this notion that like it's time to start for our for Osmosis governance to start being a little bit less loose with how it gives away rewards and starts to be more uh, strategic about it. Beautiful man, thank you very much. I've got one last thing to say. KYC is anti DeFi. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love that weekly reminder. I love how you end every time with that. It's amazing. <laughs> um, uh, hey, Rio. Uh, oh, sure. sorry. Let me let me shut off. Hey guys, thanks for uh, having me on. Appreciate it. Um, love the projects. 
um, doing some LPing myself, so very much enjoying the UX, UI, uh, one of the best DEXs that I've used. Uh, quick question for you, Sonny. Uh, Listen to a few of your pods over the summertime on ZK and Epicenter. Uh, you went through the different ways to kind of prevent uh, MEV uh, with the SGX, time locks, and threshold uh, decryption, if I got it right. Um, and I know that Osmosis had had that on the roadmap uh, to implement threshold cryptography uh, as a way of preventing against MEV. Is that something that has been fully implemented or is that something still on the roadmap to be implemented? Yeah, that's uh, still on the roadmap to be implemented. Um, you know, things are coming along there. Uh, it's definitely, you know, a bit slower than we were hoping. Um, but you know, partially because, well, okay, okay. So, so the things that are moving along quite well are one of the prerequisites to making it happen was this like uh, piece in Tendermint called ABCI++, which enables like uh, the consensus decay to do more stuff at the consensus layer, which is what's needed for threshold encryption. So uh, that work has been going on uh, quite well, mostly been led by a lot of the, you know, Tendermint uh, core development teams at like the ICF and stuff. Um, but, you know, I believe that ABCI++ should be, you know, the V1 should be in the next Tendermint release, uh, which means that we can start adding it to the Cosmos SDK. So that work's been going on quite well. And then um, <clears throat> a lot of the cryptography work and stuff needed to make it happen has been going on. Uh, with uh, in, in collaboration with the Anoma team, so um, yeah, you know things are things are definitely moving along. Um, I do wish we could dedicate a little bit more. You know, we're, we're definitely hiring to, you know, be able to dedicate more resources towards it. Um, you know, the engineering capacity that we have right now, it's often like, you know, the problem with the, the thing with threshold encryption is it's like this like six month. It's a feature that definitely requires like six months of work, and then. Because of that, we keep prioritizing like things that can be shipped faster over it. You know, for example, superfluid staking or stable swap, and like it just keeps getting kicked down slightly, like down, kicked down the can't road a little bit, which is unfortunate because I do think that that is probably the single most important feature of Osmosis. Um, so really, you know, it's just a matter of um, you know. Once this ABCI plus plus and like the you know base cryptography libraries are done, then I think we'll we're gonna be able to we're gonna have to like start putting more resources on actually integrating it into Osmosis. Um, and you know if you are you know interested in cryptography and like um, you know cryptographic engineering and just like consensus protocol stuff, um, Rust developer especially, um, you know please reach out because we're definitely hiring for people who can help. Uh, with this with this uh, project. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Um, Worker, were you going to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to throw another question out there for FET, for Fetch. Go for it. Um, I was just wondering, what what kind of experience do you guys already have laid out where, you know, like people come on to the DEX, buy some FET token, and then what currently would they be able to do with it? Uh, well, at the, at the current time, um, the thing is, is that the mainnet currently is having like stuff being built like on top of it, uh, like as in 
we can't talk like obviously too much in general about anything, <laughs> but um, yeah, right now the main like thing that you can just do with the token is um, it's just going to be used for like securing the network through like staking. Uh, and then there are plans basically to use the, the token basically to be the, the utility token for the rest of the network. So projects that are like built on it will more than likely use it or need to be used at least to be able to get tokens uh, for the projects being built on there. And so, yeah, like, and like, for example, um, you know, when it comes to uh, the, the model for even, as we said, currently the, um, the bot swap application doesn't work on osmosis but um when it does what will end up happening is you would need to then first get the like fet token um and once you have that you would be able to use your fet to then like i guess it, it depends the model is possibly going to be changing we'll we'll be we're in, in a testing phase with it right now of how much fet is required to be able to run different triggers to do different things um, but but let's say, for example, you would just need to buy, you know, like um, 25 FET over the span of maybe like a couple months to be able to keep multiple active triggers uh, like going at the same time that the agents would then be like tracking and like holding on to for you. So, um, yeah, basically, to answer your question, at the current time, we're now in the like application development stage so there isn't a whole lot to do right at this exact moment but in the coming months that is certainly going to change very very quickly <laughs> that's about as much as we can we can say awesome i'm pumped hey sunny i've got a uh, i've got a two-part question for you one's more of clarification and then the second one's more of a just a question so first when superfluid staking goes live Will it be just the osmosis side of the pool that contributes towards staking, or is it a little bit of both sides? If that question makes sense. Uh, it will be the osmo side. Okay, cool. That's what I thought. And then I asked you this question like many months ago, but I figured I'd raise it again. Do you see um, more pools arising that are maybe like 80, like 75%, 90% osmo? to be a little bit more capital efficient with your um with superfluid staking i think that super i think that hot take i think anything other than 50 50 pools are kind of unnecessary um i i, I know I, I guess this is like a larger thing related to like you know just osmosis's amm design directions but you know i think osmosis was originally designed you know a lot of it was based off of like the balancer design um partially because you know we thought we saw balancer and was like hey this is the most uh um you know generalized amm design that we see and like you know let's take that and go off of it but i think that as we learn more about amms we're starting to realize that the balancer design is maybe a little bit too open i you know like for example like things like weight changes i just don't I haven't been able to find a good use case for them. Um, and so, you know, and, and having like customizable weights actually makes a lot of other things harder. I think that 50-50 pools are just generally way easier to work with and like do cool stuff with than um, weighted pools. So in general, you know, 
we, we you'll notice that you know we generally tend to promote like not using weighted pools and most of the pools on osmosis like the new pools especially tend to be 50 50 pools um so yeah i i, I think that for superfluid we should only allow 50 50 pools probably okay cool um that sounds good thank you yeah but it, it, the general the general rule of thumb is like you know people say like oh you get less il in an 80 20 pool right if you so if you have like a hundred dollars of like, and you you want to, you can put it into like an eighty twenty pool, uh, like Osmo to I don't know atoms or something. Well, if that's the ratio of assets you wanted, here's something else you could do: just put forty dollars in the pool and keep sixty dollars not in the pool but in Osmo. That actually gives you less IL. Um, and yeah, so you know, the the I think the fundamental premise of weighted pools was a little bit. And, and it gives you uneven slippage between the two different sides. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to ask about superfluid staking and does it affect eligibility for airdrops? Well, obviously that's up to the airdrop airdropper. Um, we, you know, we've built scripts that allow people to, um, you know, get the balances of any token on Osmosis both including the staked amount and the um, LP amount. So, you know, we have scripts that at any time, if someone wants to airdrop to Osmo, they can go ahead and, you know, airdrop to both staked and LP Osmo. And we also do this for other tokens, right? Where we actually say like, hey, look, if people want to airdrop to Atoms, um, we make, we, we've written a script that makes it very easy for people to get, uh, you know, every address's LP'd Atom position as well. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, we, we can probably update, we'll probably, we'll be updating our script to make it also work for superfluid stake. I'm not sure how much would actually change. It should be, I don't think too much would actually change in that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and do that. Um, but it's really up to the airdropper to decide whether they want to like airdrop to LP positions or not. But we, this is something we've already been supporting. Gotcha. Um, yeah, because I was thinking that um, you know, if you are doing superfluid staking, your address would show up in the LP list. Uh, the question then becomes: Does your address also show up in the staking list as a super as a superfluid staker as well? And it sounds like uh, that's something you're thinking about. Yeah, uh, you, when when you when you get the staking list, you'll be you can differentiate what percentage of a address's stake value is from normal stake versus superfluid. So you 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 can make it so it doesn't double count. Yeah. Okay. Sounds great. Thanks. Um, real quick, um, uh, I just wanted to ask you, Sonny, to follow up uh, about the super, super fluid staking and stuff. Uh, so you were talking about governance earlier, and super fluid staking would not uh, have any governance. But uh, let's say within that same address, if I have you know normal stake one Osmo and super fluid stake ten Osmo, uh, that one Osmo will still have voting rights on that same address, correct? Sorry, can you say that one more time? Sorry, um, if I'm normal stake, like if I'm just regularly staking one Osmo and then super fluid staking you know, 10 Osmo with the same address, yeah, I'll still have voting governance with that one Osmo, correct? Yes. With that, yes. With that same address? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is just due to weird technical reasons. We'll be fixed. But yeah, you will definitely, you, you'll be, still be able to vote with that, with the pure staked Osmo from the same address. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. All right, I actually have to run right now. I have to jump onto another call. Um, so 
thank you everyone for listening in. And if you had any questions, sorry, we couldn't get to them, but you know, feel free to shoot them on Telegram or Discord or hold them for next week. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, guys, thanks for coming. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Osmosis Updates from the Lab Space, recorded on Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. This episode of the Ether was brought to you by WeFund. WeFund is a community crowdfunding cross-chain incubator on Terra, and it's the first launchpad that implements a milestone funding release system to protect investors. All money raised for projects is deposited in Anchor Protocol, and it's refundable, and all decisions are based on community voting power. WeFund is community-focused and designed to be a user-friendly experience for both project creators and investors. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the Telegram for more information. Links are in the show notes and check them out online at wefund.app. This episode of the Ether was also brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.com. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions. Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing. All aggressive, insane from all directions. Smoke blows in when I start a session. Blink canvas, blaze up the handlers. Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck. Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush. Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers. Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse. But in the universe, I'm just writing some words. Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs. Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Just another fixed game of try my luck Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss up driver or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor we take A little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling Less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the box came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal? I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble